I've been running after one thing To find that part within that I'll measure up to something I've got a lot of dreams, but I was told I wasn't practical I couldn't measure up because of all my flaws But I know the wrong, those are only stepping stones Life's the art of embracing these things John Gordon, welcome to the podcast I've been waiting for this one for a long time This is like years in the making here from, from back in the day when I was bugging you to come on the podcast, probably like five years ago. And now we're here. The man, the myth, the legend, straight off the tennis courts, Mr. John Gordon. How are you doing, brother? David Nurse, great to be with you. I think we said like the, the day you beat me in tennis is when we do the podcast. So I think you finally won like the last time we played. <laughs> so that's why we're doing this. <laughs> I think it is. And I don't even think you would admit that I won. <laughs> so, hey, I'll take it. I'll take it if you can admit that. John, start us off with a bang. Now, everybody knows of you as this phenomenal author. You've written 100,000 books, basically. Great speaker, one of the top speakers in the world. Amazing husband, father. But what is something different that a lot of people don't know about you? Something different about John Gordon? What don't they know? And by the way, I was just kidding about, obviously, the tennis. I've been wanting to come on the podcast in a while. <laughs> we just haven't been able to, to do it or figure out a time. But what's different about me is or people may not know about me is i'm really competitive people don't know that i'm competitive you know when we play tennis i'm competitive we play pickleball i'm competitive i'm competitive in that way i'm not competitive against other people who may be authors or speakers i believe everyone has their message their mission what they're supposed to share their gifts i love helping people succeed so i'm not competitive in that way i don't look at authors as competition but i am competitive in terms of sports if we're competing you know, I want to win. If we're playing basketball, you know, I want to win. I know I won't beat you in basketball. Tennis, I definitely will beat you, but not basketball. But, but I still <laughs> would want to win if we were playing one-on-one. -on -one. Take a quick break in the podcast because, you know, what I love almost more than anything is a great cup of coffee. Oh, I just wake up excited for my coffee. You know what I'm talking about. If you're a coffee person, if you're not a coffee person, you need to kind of just check, uh, yeah, yeah, check your priorities. But what else do I love? I love workouts. I love training. And what if you could put workouts and coffee together? You always thought about like, you know, coffee is just this natural pre-workout, and then you got pre-workouts. What if you had the best of both worlds? Well, now you do. Workout coffee is finally here. I wish I would have created this. Such a great concept and idea and where nature meets science. And all the workout coffee products are powered by Theofit, which is a high potency Theoflavin enriched black tea extract that is patented and clinically proven to improve exercise performance and reduce recovery time. So the question is, what are Theoflavins? Great question. Naturally formed from the oxidation of tea leaves, They've been shown to have strong antioxidant and anti-inflammatory effects, as well as supporting liver health, blood lipids, and the immune system. So think about that. You're getting all this and coffee, the taste of coffee, the energy of coffee, the cat, like, uh, my mind is blown. I am going to wake up in the middle of the night, have a cup, have a cup in the afternoon, in the evening. Like, keep it coming. Work out coffee. Check it out. Workout-coffee.com. Look at the, the, the links in the show notes below. We are going to have a discount code for you in there too. Check them out and get your coffee today and your workout on. Now, back to the episode. You know what I love about that? And it's what I respect 
so much about you is you compete. You don't shy away from competition. So often people will think, oh, positivity is just about giving high fives and smiles. But the best leaders, they challenge and support. That's why I love being around you. I'll say, hey, I'm going to write these books. Or, hey, I'm going to do this. You're like, go get them. Go get them. But then you're also there to challenge, challenging in a healthy way. And I think that that is the equation for, a best, for, the, for the best leader. What do you, what do you see in, in, in leadership and like what stands out? What makes, what makes the best? Because you've been around the best of the best. What really stands out about great leaders? Well, first and foremost, they lead by example. You have to walk the walk, as you know. You have to talk the talk, and you have to live it. You have to breathe it. You were around Dabo Sweeney. You got a chance to see oh. Dabo in action. So you saw real leadership, like positive leadership. It oozes out of him. That is who he is. And you see the way he walks around. You see the way he is so genuine. He met you for the first time, and I watched as you guys connected he was genuinely interested in you and what you had to say and who you were and that's who he is he cares about you he cares about people and so you got to live it you got to breathe it when you have a vision and a purpose as a leader like does that vision and purpose come from the essence of of who you are and your being it's got to ooze out of you you got to live and breathe it i always say like authors if you don't have a burning desire to write this book, then don't write it. Like It's got to be something you have a passion about sharing and talking about. Otherwise, otherwise, don't write the book. So passion, living it, breathing it. Also, from a leadership standpoint, what makes a great leader is that optimism and belief. You've got to believe in a brighter and better future. And you've got to rally people to create it. But if you don't believe it, you'll never be able to create it. So you have to have this optimism. And we're not talking about Pollyanna positive or unrealistic optimism, but the belief that we can make tomorrow better than today, that we can find solutions to these problems. That is leadership. And then the practice of love and accountability together, bringing that love and accountability where, you know, I love you, but I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to push you. Mm. I'm going to make you better. I'm going to love tough instead of tough love. So good. They have to know you love them. Once they do, once your team knows you love them, you earn the right to challenge them and push them and make them better. But tough love doesn't work anymore. It's the combination of the two. These are our standards. This is what you can expect from me. This is what you can expect from me. You're going to get this from me, but this is what I expect from you. And we know what the expectations are. And when you're not meeting those expectations, I'm going to call you out. Just like on the tennis court. If I don't see you working hard enough, I'm like, David, come on. Let's go. Let's go. Let's move it. And I've got to be working hard myself. It's a great analogy, right? If I'm not working hard on the other side, that's not going to push you to get better. So you see me working hard. You see what I want to do. You see me as an author. You see me as a speaker. You see me work hard. That makes you work hard. You see me play hard on the tennis court. That's going to make you work hard. And then when you're not working hard or being your best, I can challenge you because I've earned that right to do that. Leaders and coaches out there, please run that three minutes back daily. That is the, man, that's a special sauce right there to be a great leader. I love, I love the oozing. You're right, Dabo, when I walked out of that room, I was like, man, I want to be that guy. When we met at Corey Close's Christmas party and we had conversations, I was like, there's something about John I want to be around. Have that oozing optimism. But John, before you were, were the energy bus and that everybody knows who you are, like, you didn't just get there. That's what people don't understand. People don't see the behind the scenes, the years put in, the struggles, the failures, the roadblocks. Take us through that before the energy bust, from the first book leading up to it, the, the struggles and challenges you faced, 
and how you overcame them. Oh, oh, you know that feeling you get when you just wake up and you are not rested or recharged? Yeah, we all have it. We all go through it. How do I wake up with full energy every single day? It is literally the game changer itself, chilly sleep. I have an Uller that goes underneath my mattress and cools my body temperature to the ideal temperature to get deep sleep, REM, high HRV scores. Now I have mine pretty cold at about 57 degrees. The optimal level is between 57 and 65 degrees. I have a weighted blanket, which just cools my body. And I'm just sleeping in restorative sleep. So when I wake up in the morning, no matter how many hours I get, I am juiced up and ready to go. And lucky for you, you can wake up the same way. The people at Chili Sleep are giving you a discount, giving you a code. So go to chilitechnology.com forward slash pages forward slash David Nurse to get your special discount pricing there. Remember, that is chilitechnology.com forward slash pages forward slash David Nurse. Or just click the link below and it'll take you right there. It's sleep like a polar bear tonight. Get the best night's sleep of your life. Chilly sleep. Right. So I wrote these two books before I wrote The Energy Bus. And I don't really even talk about those books because they're not really a big part of my work and who I am now. This was a book I wrote initially, I think around 2004, 2005. I just got started speaking. So just found my calling, said I'm going to do this work. I'm going to go out and speak. And I wrote a book called The Energy Addict. And I was speaking on The Energy Addict got on the Today Show. And so a four-week series, a good friend of mine from high school was back home visiting, and I was back home visiting my parents. I saw him, I ran into him, and I don't know, out of the blue, I said, hey, do you know anyone who works for the Today Show or Good Morning America? He said, actually, I do. I have a, a good friend I went to college with. And so send me your stuff. I'll send it to her. So I sent him my stuff. He sent it to her, and she said, I want to do a series with John a four-week series. It was called Get Energized Today. I had just written this book, Energy Addict. It was about tips to increase your mental, physical, and spiritual energy. And so I went on that Today Show and did a four-week makeover series. I mean, I was on with Lester Holt. I was on with Ann Curry. I was on with Katie Couric. I was on with with Matt Lauer. Like once a week, I was on with a different person. And then several people I was coaching over those four weeks. So we saw the impact I was having on them, the energy they were, we were, they were having, how it was enhancing their energy for their work, for their life. I mean, they said my career was going to take off. Like everything was going to just, just boom from there. People even saw me on TV and said, wow, this guy's going to be the next big thing. Like it was exciting. I was going up there to be on national television, flying up to, to New York, Every night before the show, I'm walking around the city like I have arrived. Like, this is my dream come true. It is happening. And now I'm on national television. This was years ago when there wasn't a segmented audience. Like, these were the shows. Like, millions of people were watching the show. You get on the show, and your books are going to become a, a, a mega bestseller. Like, that's it. It's going to take off. And that's what everyone said. And that's what I thought was going to happen. And I even got calls from people who saw me on the show. Hey, how can I work with you? You know, I had people reaching out doing a t- about doing a TV show. Let's do an energy makeover show. I, haven't, I actually forgot about that. I forgot about that I actually had that happen. A TV production studio came out and we filmed a pilot and we did this whole thing. They were based out of San Francisco and they saw me on that. So 
I'm thinking everything's going to take off. And the book does well. It, you know, goes up in sales a lot. I think it sells like 20,000 copies pretty quickly, but doesn't really hit the bestseller list. And my career doesn't really take off after that. And I'm like, what is going on? Like it went so well, it didn't take off. I wasn't a person of faith. I wasn't who I believe God wanted me to be at that time. And it's so funny because like everything stalled. I couldn't believe how everything just stalled. All my dreams, all my hopes, all my beliefs about what was going to happen, it didn't happen. I thought I was going to be the next Wayne Dyer, right? The next Deepak Chopra. Like that's what I was going to be. And I went into this like wilderness phase after that, like where everything just slowed down. Everything stopped. I got really silent. I had sold my, my restaurants. I had a couple of restaurants and we were living off that money that, that I, I was making in the restaurant business, but then sold it. And so now I'm living off the sale of that restaurant, thinking, okay, I'm going to do this full time. This is going to be my life's work. That's it. I'm going to do this forever. And all of a sudden the money's drying up. Like we're living off it, but I'm not getting any speaking. I'm not getting any uh, gigs, consulting, workshops, nothing. And I'm stuck in terms of I get this book. And I actually did another book, 10-Minute Energy Solution, and that failed miserably. That didn't do well either. So now both these books are not doing well. I was on the Today Show. Nothing's happening. Nothing's going well. I thought my career was going to take off, and now I'm just stuck. And around this time, I start thinking about my future, my career. Should I continue doing this? Thought about giving up. Thought about stopping. Maybe I should get a job again. I'm also now listening to sermons. A friend of mine started giving me sermons, Daniel Decker. And one was called Why I Follow Jesus from Erwin McManus. And so I'm listening to the sermon by Erwin McManus. Never met him, don't know this guy, just love his message. And it really speaks to me. We're talking about 2005 right now, so 17 years ago. And I'm listening to this message and wow, like it is just lighting me up. I'm going, wow, this is what I need. Like I feel lost, I feel stuck. And I look back and I realize that during that time, like God was, was speaking to me. He was setting me on a new path, a new course. He was introducing me to Jesus. And if I had been successful, if that Today Show would have taken my career to a whole new level, like I would have never been in that moment where I was willing to be open to this, where I would be willing to listen to this. But now I was. I was like this fertile ground and I was soaking it up and I was open to change, open to the message. And it was what my soul needed because I had all this fear and anxiety a lot of times and I was stressed a lot of times. And yeah, I had become like this energy guy and yet I still dealt with a lot of issues that I really hadn't fully healed or, or dealt with. And I needed to deal with those things. I needed to heal those things. No matter what I was doing, EFT or meditation or you know chanting or you name it, it was not getting the pain and the burden <laughs> that I felt inside. And so the sermon starts to speak to me. I'm now open. And all of a sudden, I start to change from the inside out. I start taking these walks of gratitude. I start taking these walks of prayer. And I'm now praying. I'm walking. I'm just talking to God. And I'm open. And I'm surrendering. And it was during one of these walks where the idea for the energy bus came to me. And mm -hmm. I realized... I don't want to be this, you know, self-help guy. I don't want to be this self-help guru because people still call me self-help to this day. I don't consider myself self-help, you know, but they were calling me the self-help person. 
way back when, but I didn't want to be that. Like, I wanted to be more towards business. I wanted to reach, I realized it wasn't what I wanted. I realized that was, that's what I was meant to do, speak to more of a business audience and, and be a person of faith, speak to a business audience. My mentor was Ken Blanchard, who wrote The One Minute Manager. And I had this idea, maybe I should write a fable, because the two books, first two books were not fables, they were how-to books. And they had my pictures on the cover as well, by the way. <laughs> and they didn't sell well. Yeah. And so <laughs> I wonder why, you know? So then, uh, so, then, so then I'm walking one day and the energy bus comes to me. And I write this book in three and a half weeks of divine inspiration. Like, okay, like I've got this book. I wrote it. It just poured out of me. It was, it was miraculous. It was divine. It was the most spiritual experience of my life. To be so stuck, to be so unhappy, to not know what your future it holds and ultimately just to be surrendering each day and receiving the message every day for what this book is. Cause I would take a walk in the morning, I would pray and more of the book would come to me. And the book literally wrote itself. I had a few rules cause it was 10 rules for the ride of your life. I had a few rules and that was it. They didn't have 10. I had like two or three. And as I wrote the book that led to this rule and that rule and more rules. And eventually, and eventually I finished the book. And we didn't have a, a publisher, but I had an agent for my other two books and reached out to her. And we had to send it to the initial publisher of the first two books because they had the first right of refusal. And of course they said no because my two books were no longer successful. So they had no interest in working with me. But I was happy because I didn't, I didn't want to work with them anymore. I, I was glad that they said no more. And so they said no. And I'm like, okay. Now we have an opportunity to find someone else. But there was a rejection and then another rejection and another rejection. It was rejection after rejection after rejection. They all said no because I guess my first two books hadn't done that great. All you had to do is look up the sales numbers and you see that. But I was trying to convince my agent that, hey, this is a new direction. This is a business book. Those were self-help. I'm going in a new direction. But I didn't really have the platform of the new direction, but I knew where I wanted to go, where I wanted to take this message and work. And finally, John Wally and Sons agreed to publish the book. And Shannon Vargo had only been on the job for about three months. Three months, Shannon Vargo. And she received the book from the publisher, Matt Holt. Matt received it from the health editor. My agent said it to the wrong editor. She said it to the <laughs> health editor, not the business editor, because she was more into the health world. That's how I found it in the first place, because I was like a health, self-help guy. And no, there's a business book, but she sent it to the health editor. He should have gotten rid of it, but he took it over to Matt, who was the business editor of all the business books. And he's like, yeah, I'll take a look at it. He gives it to Shannon and says, hey, decide if you want to do this. She decides to do it. She's like, I like John. I like this book. She had a best friend with a husband named George. The main character's name was George. You can't make this up. She had seen me on the Today Show and remembered me from the show. I often wondered, like, why did I get the show if it wasn't going to lead to this amazing success? Well, maybe it was because mm -hmm. Shannon was meant to watch me on that show that day to see me do what I do, decide to want to do this book. She told Matt she wants to do it. He said, if it doesn't go well, it could be your career. She says, I want to do it. She takes a risk, takes a chance on me, and the book comes out. I remember they said they couldn't get the book out. No, they could get the book out in six Six months, very quickly. So not a year, but six months. But they couldn't give me a big advance. And I was like, I don't care. 
You know, I don't, I don't care about a big <laughs> advance. I just want the book out there. Let's go make a difference. Let's change the world. It didn't matter for an advance. And now the book is published and bookstores won't even carry it. But David, this is what's crazy. I got an email that it was like a, a bestseller in, in Korea. But, but even before that, we were told that the foreign rights got sold in South Korea, not North Korea, but South Korea. And a big book fair in Singapore, there was like a bidding war for the book. And for some reason, several publishers in South Korea wanted to do this book. So it kept on driving the price up of what the advance would be and the foreign rights deal would be. And it was the largest foreign rights deal that John Wiley and Sons has ever done. Ever done. Over like $200,000, the foreign rights deal was, or something like that. It was crazy. Back in 2007. And we can't explain it to this day why or how, but a South Korea publisher wanted to take this book on. I guess they pushed it a lot, and that made it a top five bestseller in Korea. And so Matt, my publisher, was calling me the David Hasselhoff of Korea, you know, messing with me because it comes out, it's like this huge hit in South Korea, but not one bookstore in the United States would carry the book. So here I am, I have this like huge success in South Korea, big foreign rights deal, and yet in my home country, I can't even get the book in stores. So I decided to go on a 20th city tour by my, paid for by myself, paid for by myself. My publisher would even pay for it. And I went from city to city sharing the message in the book. And, uh, you know, we had five people in one city, 10 people in another, 20 in another. The most people we had were 100 people in Des Moines, Iowa, where you're from, Iowa, my, my, my place. <laughs> Iowa's always been so supportive of me. I love Iowa. Best people in Iowa. And we had this amazing turnout in, in Iowa. They thought Jeff Gordon was coming. That's why they showed up. But that's okay. <laughs> they still showed up at the library there. It was a big event. And I came back from this tour, though, going, you know, I don't know what the future holds, but I'm just going to do this work every day and see what happens, share the message. Mm. I believe in the energy bus. I believe in the message. I get back. A friend of mine was a trainer for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He gave the book to Mike Smith, who was the head coach, actually the defensive coordinator at the time of the Jaguars. Head coach was Jack Del Rio. Mike Smith reads the book, loves it, gives it to Jack. Says, Jack, you should read this. Jack reads it, loves it. I get a call from Jack Del Rio to come down and meet with him at the stadium. And I'm sitting across from Jack Del Rio. He tells me he loves the book, impacted his life, impacted his coaching. Love to talk about energy vampires because we got so many vampires around here, he said. And he's going to give the book out, you know, to, to the organization. And would I speak to, to the team? I said, yeah, if you give the book, I'll speak to everyone. And he gave the book to the janitor. He gave the book to the custodial people, the, the, the food service people, people who work the venues. He wanted everyone on the bus wow. moving in the right direction. And that caused my career to start taking off in sports. Because Mike Smith became the head coach of the Falcons. And then he used the energy bus for the Falcons. And then the Texas Longhorns heard about it. And I went there to speak. And then this team heard about it. And then it just started to spread. So to this day, you know, it's all been very synchronistic. And you can see God orchestrating the whole thing from, you know, really wondering what my future holds from everything just, you know, falling apart everything drying up after the Today Show, thinking my career was going to take off, finding a new direction, wow. God working in my life, becoming a follower of Jesus as a result of that. And then now knowing years later, I look back, oh, I had to become a man of faith. I had to give my life to God. I had to surrender to him. 
I had to become a person who could actually do this work and have character and humility. And because I had to go on this tour by myself and go to 28 cities, I had an intern help me a, a little bit and only have five people, 10 people. I learned about doing the work. It wasn't about money. It wasn't about prestige. It was just showing up and do the work. And that taught me a lot on that tour. And it would influence the rest of my life, right? And how I approached this work and how I did it. So I needed to learn that. I needed to learn and be molded and shaped in, a, in, a, in many ways. Because if I think about what I had just huge success from the Today Show, right from the very beginning, and my career would have taken off, I wouldn't be the person I am today. And I definitely wouldn't have written all these books that I've written, that I've written. And so I could look back and say, oh, that's why that happened. And then writing the energy bus, not putting my picture on the cover and never have since, never have since. And knowing it's about the fables and the messages. And here we are now, 25 books later. Man, the incredible way that God works. If you had success on the Today Show, you would have thought you, you created that success. He flips the script and says, John, you just wait. I'm going to show you I'm creating the success. You don't even know how Energy Bus gets to South Korea. You still don't. I mean, it gets on Sports Center with Calipari, and it runs and runs and runs, all to show you that God does this work, man. It's, it's an incredible story. I've never even heard it told to that fullness right there. Hey, the uh, Calipari that thing, that told. was a huge, huge thing. You're right. I forgot about Calipari that here he was a couple years later. He reads the book. He, he gives it to um, Willie Cauley-Stein, and they do a book club with it, and they talk about how it transformed him as a player. So now ESPN is running this over and over again as they're leading up to the Final Four. They make it to the Final Four, and that was a segment they ran all the time. So so many people found <laughs> this book from them, and I wasn't pushing it. I wasn't trying to do that. It just happened. So you got to give God the credit. You got to give God the glory, and you know it was him. It was definitely not me. And David, you know, the best thing about it is that I've getting, I get emails today to this day that people read it. And for some, it saved their lives. Like they were going to commit suicide. And yeah. as a result of reading it, they decided not to. So even if you just saved a few lives and that's all it was written for, that's, what, that's better than anything. That's what it's all yeah. about. And so, yeah, it was, uh -huh. um, it's been an unbelievable journey to, to know that. But yeah, God had to show me it was definitely him, not me. And Every book I've written has taken about three and a half weeks. So there's an Andy Stanley quote I love. He said, what God originates, he orchestrates. And so if he originated hmm. the idea in the first place, he's going to orchestrate it. And I can see how he originated the idea for the energy bus, giving that to me, calling me to write it, and then orchestrating all the things that would follow it. And then I developed such an amazing faith and trust because I saw him working in my life every step of the way. It wasn't all magical. Even the adversity and the challenges and the twists and the turns and getting sick in Kansas on the tour and throwing up everywhere before I was speaking. I mean, it was like even all of that was still part of the journey. And the people called to this day and how they reach out and how they heard about me. You know, Chad Morris reads my book Training Camp because he saw the book on a bookshelf in a, in a bookstore. And it fell like at his foot while he was there. And he looked at it and he was like, looks like a cool book. Training camp, there's a whistle on the cover. Yeah, I'll do this. And then reads it and then realized, wow, this is a, more than a story of excellence. This is a story of faith as well and overcoming fear. He loves it. Next thing you know, he gets hired by Dabo Sweeney at Clemson. Brings the book to Dabo and says, hey, you have to read this book. 
And Dabo reads the book and then starts using the principles from that book in his season in 2011. I mean, can't make this up. They called me at the end of 2011. They had an amazing season. Will you come speak to the team in 2012? I'm like, yeah, I'll come, but I want you to read the energy bus too because Dabo, you are the energy bus. Next thing you know, I go do that. And then now I've had this lifelong friendship with, you know, this over decade friendship with Dabo and Clemson and my kids go to Clemson and you just see how God orchestrated that as well. So a lot of trust, a lot of surrender. I think you have to do the work. Yeah. Of course, you got to put yourself out there. You got to yep. take action. You got to work like it depends on you and you got to pray like it depends on God, but you got to trust and you got to surrender <clears> and you got to say, Hey, where do you want me to go? Cause not many people would go on that 28 city tour, I guess. Right. Not many people would be willing no. to do that. And I think that's a big part of it. Like, Hey, pray and obey. You pray and obey, so good, you pray, man. and then what you are told to do, you go do. Gosh, you're giving me goosebumps over here. Like, I've been thinking in my own life in the situation I'm in, just pray and obey. I'm trying to bang down every door, but I know God can open a door in one day that would take me 100 years. So, dude, the impact you have had, I have seen it personally. I go back to my home state of Iowa, and everybody's telling me about the impact that you have had. The places I've gone where people have said, Oh my gosh, you know John Gordon? He changed my life. It's incredible to see that, man. It's incredible awesome. to see that. And the thing that you have that separates you is, yes, that faith, but you have drive and you have don't give upness. You believe that you can make things happen through your drive, through your taking action and having faith. Even like becoming the motivational speaker that you have. I remember having having lunch with you and you said, David, like I, I said I was an international speaker because I'd been to Mexico. Like <laughs> I made myself into this and I just did it and stepped in rooms I shouldn't be in. And people need to hear that. Like have that trust in yourself, have that trust in God. And then you can't lose. You're playing with with house money. 28 cities, right? Daniel Decker was calling all these cities before I was going there. And he would be like, Hey, John Gordon's coming. He's internationally known. He is internationally known. I had a friend in London, right? A friend in London, a friend in Mexico. We were internationally known. So we weren't lying. I was internationally known as the energy addict initially, right? The energy guy. And uh, yeah. that's pretty funny. We were doing that. We were doing that. And uh, I don't believe in fake it till you make it. I believe in act like you belong no. because you do. Much better. So much better. So well said. So with that being said, man, what's next? Like you've had this incredible career. Like you, like you, you have so much to give and you give so much. You have given so much to me. Like I'm sitting here writing these books. Shout out to Shannon, who you mentioned, because we were sitting at a heat game watching our friend Eric Spolstra. Like, hey, we'll get you a three book deal. Get on a phone call the next day with Shannon. Boom, three book deal. But what you pour into others is an extreme legacy that that you're leaving. And you, man, you do it with a, a, an ex, like the kindest heart and, and the intentions of giving giving for sure and challenging sporting like we talked about but but what's big picture next for yeah. john gordon yeah david you know i don't want anything in return just high ho burgers that's it it's all i want is a high ho yeah, burger for life man yeah for life you know <laughs> if, if you know you know <laughs> you know what's next yeah i just love seeing the team that i have who i get to work with and seeing them go speak thomas williams who's a good friend of ours and seeing him grow mm. as a speaker and Rennie Curran and seeing Amy Kelly and Julie Nee and Kate Lavelle and just, you know, Alex Demchek. I have a book coming out with him called The Sale. Just these speakers who I've gotten a chance to work with and, and support and encourage. Seeing their growth is just something that's been awesome. Like, I didn't want a team. 
Like God gave me this team. I didn't have a choice. Like he just put these people in front of me and was like, help them. Just like you, right? I didn't have a choice to, to work with you. Like I just, I was supposed to work with you. <laughs> and, uh, and, and then all of a sudden Love you it. do and you're like, okay, I see what I'm supposed to do here. Again, pray and obey. So, so, you know, people reach yeah. out a lot, but I know I'm not meant to be everyone's mentor. I know what I'm meant to be someone's mentor, like, and, and give advice and encourage. Mentors helped me. They made a difference in my life. Ken Blanchard was my guy. Like, he believed in me, and I would never in the energy bus if it wasn't for him. I was a 35-year-old guy reaching out to Ken. Ken, you know, help me. And he did, you know, and, and really believed in me. So that was huge for me. So I just want to continue to do that, and I also want to um, write some more books. I know, I know a bunch of books that I'm going to write. Totally. God willing, I still, you know, live a lot more years, but I know a number of books I'm going to write and I know the next few and I'm pretty excited about those books. So I'm going to work, work on those, write them, and then continue to build up our leadership training, our power of positive teamwork where we build stronger teams. And I'm excited about in the future, we're going to offer a keynote license where people can actually get a license to deliver keynotes on the energy bus the power of positive leadership and the power of a positive team. We get a lot of requests for that. And I'm excited about offering that to people who, who want to, you know, develop themselves as a speaker and be able to give talks on, on those uh, topics. Oh, that's great. And you have your hands full helping me with ideas. So don't forget that that's in there and you have shows. There are shows that you have, like you have, I mean, you put them together. They're going to happen. They're going to come to fruition at some time. And you will reach that medium of television, which will reach so many people. I'm in God's firmly, time, right? firmly believe in, that. In God's time. In yeah. God's I want to make training, ca I make training camp into a movie. Training camp into a movie would be great. Hard Hat Should. into a movie would be amazing. And uh, one other book on one of the books, which I can't say yet. I'm going to write it, but that's that would make a Oof. great movie as well. Oh, that's a great teaser. I love that. John, I could talk to you forever, and we will when I'm giving you the business on the tennis court next week. But let's throw you on the rapid-fire hot seat, whatever comes to your mind. Super quick answers for you. When you were growing up or when you were having your breakthrough, was there a mindset quote that you would continue to come, come back to, something on your fridge, on your bathroom mirror, one of your favorites? When I, whenever I would just compete in sports, it would be like, you know, I'm going to play great today. I'm going to play great today. I'm going to play great today. It was just like this belief of I'm going to play. I'm going to, you know, I got what it takes. I'm going to do it. Like the, to, mm. Today is my day. Today is my day. I was that kid that worked out to Rocky. So, you know, that will give you everything you need to know. <laughs> that's it. But that's so powerful to speak it already into existence instead of the self-doubt. You you create your own story. What does leaving a legacy mean to you? Not necessarily what's on a billboard, fame, finance, anything like that, but a true, genuine legacy mean to you? To me, it means leaving a piece of yourself in your work. It means leaving a piece of yourself in others and really impacting others to be mm. all that they are meant to be. A life touches a life that touches a life. So we don't live forever, oh, but we live forever through the lives of others. And so legacy to me is, is lives touched and stories told. Think about Jesus. We're still telling stories about Jesus based on the lives that he has touched and the stories told about him. So do they tell stories about you? And did you touch their life? That's a legacy. Man, and you're one of the best storytellers that there is. I mean, Jesus, that's how he taught, in parables, teaching through stories, lives touching lives, beautiful. Okay, here's an interesting question for you. The books that have impacted you the most, as one of the top authors in the world, 
What do you look at as the books that, man, this really changed the trajectory of my life? I mean, there's been a lot of books along the way. I mean, a mutual friend of ours, Erwin McManus, you know, his newest book, Genius of Jesus, is really impacting me in an amazing way. So Genius so of Jesus is so phenomenal. Good. I would say A Million Miles in a Thousand Years by Donald Miller. Who Moved My Cheese mm. and Rich Dad, Poor Dad were great books in terms of, you know, create your own wealth, start your own business, do that. Those books were instrumental in my life on, on that journey. Jonathan Livingston's Seagull and Illusions by Richard Bach made me want to write Parables, Fables, The Greatest Salesman by Og Mandino, my mom gave me after college, and that really encouraged inspired me. Also made me want to write Fables. And then I would say John Ortberg, Soul Keeping, and it's right here right now, All the Places to Go, which is like one of the most brilliant books of, of all time. And a lot of books, my Max Lucado, Traveling Light is one of them. I just love Traveling Light. So Max Lucado is one of my favorite authors. Oh, my gosh. You just stocked me up with books to listen to. And you did forget Pivot and Go and Breakthrough, which have changed your life <laughs> as well. But we'll leave that off. I believe the next no, one is so going to be my I have a feeling the next one's going to be my favorite. That's it. Because you might have an impact on it. We're just saying. Hey, as we wrap up here... If you could leave the audience with one piece of advice, the one word, the book that you have, what you do in January, the one word or phrase, dropping the mic advice to give to somebody if they feel stuck in the situation, they feel down and out, like they feel it's time to give up, what would that piece of advice be? And everyone, we are going to drop the mic on this. John is amazing. Find the guy all over the place. Very easy to find him. Social media, all of his books johngordon.com power positive train everything but here it is drop the mic and we're out talk about pressure johngordon.com it's j-o-n gordon.com but here's my favorite piece yes. of advice it's from dr james gills the only person on the planet to complete six double iron man triathlons which means you do an iron man a day later do another one and the last time he did it he was 59 years old and so he was asked how he did it and he said this, I've learned to talk to myself instead of listen to myself. He said, if I listen, I hear all the fear, the negativity, the doubt, you know, all the reasons why I can't finish this race. But if I talk to myself, I could feed myself with the words and the encouragement that I need to keep on moving forward. He would memorize and recite scripture. That's what fueled him. You can pick the words that energize, that fuel you, that encourage you. And so think about it. The negative thoughts are always coming in. They're always coming in, but they're not coming from you. How do I know? Who would ever choose to have a negative thought? Would you ever choose a negative thought? No. Negative thoughts are always coming in. Don't believe the lies that they tell. They will tell you things about yourself and your future that just aren't true. So don't believe the lies. What you want to do is speak truth to the lies. And the truth is, you're here to do great things. The truth is, you were never meant to be average. The truth is, you want to be great because deep down there is greatness within you. And once you understand that, once you understand it's a battle of your mind every day, mental and spiritual battle, the thoughts are coming in. The lies are trying to keep you from your destiny. God wants to move you towards your destiny. Feed yourself with the words of encouragement. And the word encourage means to put courage into. So when you encourage yourself, you put courage into yourself. When you encourage others, you put courage into them. David, you are an amazing encourager. And so we got to encourage ourselves. We encourage others. We feed ourselves every day. And if you don't have it, you can't share it. 
So feed yourself with that optimism, the belief, the positive mindset that you need to have the resilience and the grit to create the life that you want. And when you do, right, you will make others better in the process. And so talk to yourself. Don't listen to yourself. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, run that back every single day and you will find your success. 